0: Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Beat Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidemiel Logini. On this episode, I'll be discussing a relatively new threat group known as Lapsus, and it's spelled L-A-P-S-U-S and then a dollar sign. So I'll also be discussing a detailed timeline of their recent hacks and attacks and some of the recently uncovered methods that the group uses for initial access and privilege escalation. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Okay, so LabSource is a relatively new English and Portuguese language financially motivated cyber threat group that began its operations as recently as December 10 last year. The group has demonstrated advanced data theft capabilities. So out of the 21 victims that LAPSOS has claimed so far as of March 20, the first 15 were based in either Latin America or Portugal. The latest 6 targets, which are Nvidia, Samsung, Ubisoft, Microsoft, LG Electronics and Okta, are outside the group's traditional operating space which demonstrates that the group is widening its target scope. However, it is highly likely that the group will continue targeting large global technology firms as the financial incentive for stealing their source codes is high. So while Lapsus has demonstrated advanced capabilities and technical knowledge through its hacks and attacks, the group has repeatedly stated that it is neither state-sponsored nor politically motivated furthermore, there is currently no evidence tying this group to any state governments all over the world. So as of late March 2022, lapsus does not operate a clearnet or darknet leak site or traditional social media account. Instead, it operates solely via telegram and email. So, Lapsus appears to be highly sophisticated. Um, the group carries out increasingly high-profile data breaches almost on a weekly basis. Even though the group is new, the individuals behind the group are likely experienced and have demonstrated in-depth technical knowledge and capabilities. Lapsus claimed its first victim, which was the Brazil, um, which was the Brazilian Ministry of Health, back in December ten. Since then, the group has claimed an additional 21 victims, like I mentioned earlier, 15 of which have been in Latin America or Portugal. In many cases, the group has leaked sensitive victim data, which further adds credibility to its claims. In late February and early March of this year, the group carried out two massive data breaches against NVIDIA and Samsung and leaked the source code of those two companies as part of those data breaches. This indicates that the group is adapting the scope of its targeting to include large technology companies outside Latin America and Portugal. So, on January 3, Lapsos carried out a data breach against Impressa, which is Portugal's largest media company. On January 11, Lapsos claimed responsibility for the attack on the official website of Localiza, where visitors were redirected to a porn site. Localiza is one of the largest car rental conglomerates in Latin America. On February 6, Lapsus carried out a data breach against Confina. Confina is a large media conglomerate in Portugal. On February 8, Vodafone Portugal suffered a cyber attack impacting its 4G and 5G services. At first, no one claimed responsibility for the attack, which was speculated to be either a distributed denial-of-service attack, a DDoS attack, or a ransomware attack. However, the following day, February 9, Lapsus posted a message on its Telegram channel that praised the attack on Vodafone Portugal. When a channel subscriber then asked whether the group was responsible for the attack, the channel admin responded, we don't confirm or deny this yet. So two weeks later, on February 24, Lapsos admitted responsibility for the Vodafone Portugal attack when it posted a survey poll on its Telegram channel asking channel subscribers to choose from three different victim companies for them to leak their data. So the three companies listed were Vodafone Portugal, Impressa, and T-Mobile. On February 26, Lapsus claimed it had carried out an attack against NVIDIA, which is a U.S.-based graphics and computing chip manufacturer, and the group also said it successfully exfiltrated one terabyte of data from NVIDIA's networks. Lapsus called NVIDIA a criminal company and alleged that following their attack, NVIDIA had attacked a Lapsus computer in retaliation. Lapsus claimed that the alleged counterattack by Nvidia was ultimately unsuccessful because the group had backups of the data it claimed to have stolen from Nvidia. However, Lapsus stated that it would leak the Nvidia data in five parts later that day. So on that same day, February 26, Lapsus leaked the purportedly extracted Microsoft Windows file named NTDS which allegedly contained hashed passwords from NVIDIA's Active Directory domain controller. The group also revealed a screenshot of an open visual studio, showing that the group had access to proprietary NVIDIA source code. In the same announcement, Lapsus offered to sell a bypass for NVIDIA's LHR version 2 which was basically for NVIDIA GA102 and GA104 Graphic Processing Units, also known as GPUs. NVIDIA's LHR is designed to limit the performance of NVIDIA GPUs that are commonly misused for mining cryptocurrencies as a way to address the chip shortage resulting from high demand from cryptocurrency miners and also supply chain issues due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The group's alleged LHR bypass would enable the cryptocurrency miners to continue mining cryptocurrencies at high rates, making this a particularly attractive offer for criminal cryptocurrency miners who are in possession of NVIDIA's GA102 and GA104 GPUs. On March 2nd, Lapsus stated that the minimum offer it would accept for the NVIDIA LHR bypass they were selling was $1 million in addition to an unspecified percentage of the proceeds from cryptocurrency mining. So in another post on February 28th, Lapsus leaked part 1 of the NVIDIA data, which was 18 gigabytes when compressed and 150 gigabytes when extracted. The group claimed the leak included the following confidential information, the first is information on various parts of the NVIDIA GPU driver. The second was information on the microprocessor suite called Falcon. And the third was details on the LHR itself. So shortly after Lapsus released the download link for part one of the NVIDIA data, the company reportedly filed an abuse report to take down that download link. In response, Lapsus posted a torrent download option to avoid future takedowns. So later on February 28, Lapsus stated its intention to use it, to use its leverage over Nvidia to assist the cryptocurrency mining and gaming community by demanding that Nvidia push an update to all its GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs to remove the LHR feature. In addition, Lapsus stated that if NVIDIA did not push this update, the group would leak the HW folder, which reportedly contained another 250 gigabytes of confidential NVIDIA data, supposedly containing hardware specifications for NVIDIA's products. On March 1st, NVIDIA confirmed the attack and the subsequent data breach, and stated that the initial attack was detected on February 23rd, three days before Lapsus made post about it on Telegram. Additionally, the company noted that no ransomware had been deployed in the attack, but that employee credentials and proprietary information had been stolen. So on the same day of NVIDIA's acknowledgement, March 1st, Lapsus sent an additional requirement to NVIDIA, demanding that the company make the source code for its GPU drivers for Windows, Mac operating system, and linux operating system publicly available via distribution through a free and open source license the group stated that if this demand was not met by march 4 three days after the group would leak proprietary nvidia information that is related to gpus including geforce rtx 3090 ti which is not set to be publicly launched for sale until tuesday march 29. So on March 4, Lapsus stated that the threatened leak was delayed due to negotiations with an undisclosed potential buyer who was interested in purchasing the Nvidia source code. On March 4, Lapsus posted a message on its official Telegram channel informing subscribers that it had attacked Samsung, which is a large South Korean electronics company. In addition, the group shared a screenshot of a Visual Studio window demonstrating that the group had gained access into Samsung's source code, which is similar to the manner in which they showed proof of breach in NVIDIA's case. So on that same day, March 4, Lapsus revealed that it would be leaking the first portion of the stolen Samsung data. The group has not specified how much Samsung data it has in total, but stated that the first leak included information related to Samsung devices hardware, and online services. Lapsus subsequently leaked about 190 gigabytes of Samsung data through a torrent and then informed users that it would be adding additional servers to improve the torrent download speed. On March 6, Lapsus posted a message directed to Samsung instructing Samsung to contact the group to prevent further leaks. On March 7, Samsung revealed that it had suffered a data breach in which source code for its Samsung Galaxy mobile devices had been stolen. However, Samsung stated that no personal, customer, or employee information was compromised as part of that breach. And in addition, Samsung did not name a threat group that was responsible for the hack. So more recently, on March 22nd, identity management provider Okta Incorporated, OKTA, said that a preliminary investigation found no evidence of any ongoing malicious activity after Lapsus posted screenshots of Okta's internal systems. So according to a recent filing, over 15,000 customers worldwide, including multinational companies, universities, and governments, rely on Okta's software to securely manage access to their systems and verify their users' identities. Lapsus said it did not access or steal any data from Okta itself, and that its focus was rather on Okta's customers. So in a statement on Okta's website, initially um, on March 22nd, the company said the screenshots were related to an earlier attempt back in January to compromise the account of a third-party customer support engineer who was working for a sub-processor. Okta said the matter had been investigated and contained by that sub-processor. One Okta customer whose information was included in the screenshot posted by Lapsus was cloudflare so cloudflare is an internet infrastructure and security company in a tweet cloudflare ceo matthew prince said the company was aware of the breach claim but there was no evidence that its systems were compromised cloudflare said it was resetting the credentials of any employees who had changed their passwords in the previous four months so in a rebuttal posted on its Telegram channel, Lapsus said they compromised a thin client within Okta's network, contrary to claims from Okta that it was a laptop that was compromised. In addition, contrary to Okta's statement that the January attack was unsuccessful, the group said their attack was successful because they could log into a super user portal with the ability to reset the password and multi-factor authentication method of approximately 95% of Okta's clients. Furthermore, a rather shocking development was the claim made by Lapsus, that Okta's support engineers appeared to have excessive access to about 8,600 Slack channels and that Okta had stored Amazon Web Services keys, AWS keys, within Slack channels. So Okta later released a statement around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on March 22nd saying that after a thorough analysis of the claims by Lapsos, basically the rebuttal that Lapsos gave to their initial statement, Okta was now concluding that a small percentage, about 2.5% of their 15,000 customers have potentially been impacted whose data may have been viewed or acted upon. So that brings the total number of impacted customers to approximately 375 customers. So Okta stated that they had identified those customers and contacted them directly by email. So also on March 22nd, Microsoft published a blog sharing detailed insights into the lapsus Group's initial access methods, after investigating claims of access into their own organization. So remember I mentioned that Microsoft was part of the organizations that was affected, um, basically breached by lapsus. So Microsoft published um, the detailed insights into this group's initial access methods after they had investigated the access into their own organization. So notably, the first one here says leveraging redline infostellar malware to compromise and harvest victim credentials and session tokens and cookies. Second, purchasing credentials and associated tokens and cookies from other infostellar families on deep and dark web forums and marketplaces, likely including bot shops such as Genesis or Russian Markets. Next. Targeting personal and private accounts of victims and then using those accesses to identify and pivot to corporate resources. Next, recruiting of insiders in large corporations who can provide access to VPNs or help bypass multi-factor authentication. Next, identifying exposed account credentials on public code repositories. And lastly, performing a SIM swapping attack to take over a victim's phone to leverage as part of access into a corporate network. So also according to Microsoft, the group also leverages notable means of privilege escalation, including one, using the publicly available Active Directory Explorer tool to enumerate users and groups on a network, identifying higher privileged accounts and searching internal collaboration resources like Confluence, Jira, chat applications, and so on, for shared credentials. Second, exploiting vulnerabilities in Confluence, Jira, and GitLab servers. Third, social engineering help desk staff to reset privileged account passwords. So, in addition, Microsoft notes that the Lapsus group has been observed joining the victim organization's incident response and crisis management calls and also tools to understand how the organization would be responding to the attacks and then adjust accordingly. So to wrap up, on March 22nd, Lapsos announced on their Telegram channel that a few of its members would be on vacation until March 30. Therefore, they would be quiet for a while. But the group promised to quote, leak stuff ASAP. So I talked about a relatively new threat group known as Lapsos and a detailed timeline of their recent hacks and attacks and some of the recently uncovered methods the group uses for initial access and privilege escalation. So this is a group that everyone is basically now focused on and the next few days are going to be um, a series of breaking news and fluid developments and so on. I guess we'll all have to keep an eye on this group their operations whatever leaks come from them and so on so thanks for listening the Big picture podcast is produced by sunshine media in association with alowenly productions fact-checking by zara kuznetiova audio engineer sergey Goski. Graphic design Stacey Graham, Senior Producer Bidemio Logunde, Executive Producers Oli Folani Ologunde and Toby Lobo Logunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events and incidents and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat, intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts also please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it for questions comments or any suggestions please send an email to bdmi at thebidpicture.com you can also get in touch on twitter at bidpicture, picture on the clubhouse app at bid as well as on the wisdom app at Bidemi. please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so thank you for your time see you on the next episode bye for now